This week on Back of the Grid, the 2023 season is finally over, which can only mean it's time to do a tier list. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm Chris, and I'm happy to say I'm joined this week by both Tom. Hello. And Stu. What's up? We've all made it. After weeks of illness and technical issues and God knows what else, we're actually finally all three of us here again. Just like the end of the actual Formula One season, we ended on a damp squib. Mm. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is that time of the year when we um, dust off the tier list and uh, give our ratings for all the teams and drivers. Um, You know the score. We'll, We'll do... S A B C D. You can already see it if you're on the YouTube version. Um, if you are there, give us a quick little like and subscribe while you're there. Um, we'll probably share a link to the tier maker along with the podcast as well. So if you want to um, make your own version, send it in. You can do exactly that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll get straight into it. Um, yeah. Just just before we do, just really quickly, as a measure of how interesting and exciting this Formula One season has been so far, currently the chat are talking about different kinds of phone connect, landline phone connection. So, yeah. it's now we've really got their attention, you know. Yeah, either we're rubbish podcasters. Well, we we know we're rubbish podcasters already. We have been for the last <laughs> however many years we've been doing this. But or it was a rubbish season, or a combination of the two. I think probably a little from column A and a little from column B. All of the above. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I've gathered various stats. I won't bore you by going through all of them, but they're kind of there for us to dip into as we make our decisions. Um, I've got things like uh, teammate versus teammates, qualifying scores, race scores. Um, I've stolen the average qualifying gaps from Kroon Chandok's very good analysis that he did on Twitter. Um, if you feel nice. like some of the numbers don't add up to the 23 races we had, it's because <laughs> he included the sprint shootouts and all that stuff as well. Um, I thought you just going to say, yeah, go, like go after Karim. Yeah, I thought yeah, I was going to go after basically. <laughs> don't like um, it, blame him. I think we'll do championship order then, which means we'll start with Red Bull. Um, I guess we'll start with Verstappen. We've yeah, spent the entire the year... Stuff out of the way first. Uh, well, let's not labour this. We've spent the entire year talking about how unbelievably good he's been and all the many records he's broken. It's been... Yeah, yeah ludicrous he's only going in one place obviously he's going to be s tier driver um there's nowhere else you can put him is there really no it's been one of the all-time great season-long performances from a driver yeah i Um, think i think even if you take away the performance of the car it'd still be like as in if the car wasn't as good as it is the performance he's got out of it would still be up there, wouldn't it? Like, didn't have yeah, to win the championship yeah. to get an S tier performance out of him, if that makes yeah, sense. Totally. Yes, <clears throat> but also when a car is designed specifically for you, then it's always going to be easier to look a lot better than your teammate, isn't it? True. But um, the same was true. You know, I say that the same was true during the Hamilton Bottas era. You know, Hamilton often got Vettel, the car that Schumacher, was, the Vettel, the list Vettel goes Schumacher. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, you know. They're all, it happens to all the, and, and they get the best car because they're the best. Really, exactly. They? So, and he was the best, categorically the best this season. So yeah, yeah. yawn, yeah. let's move on. 
Um, shall we also just get out of the way putting Red Bull in S tier as well? Because I think so. They've just been flawless in every department. They have yeah. been, if not the best, right up there with the best. Yeah, with with my half a logo that we've got in Tier Maker because what I uploaded wasn't <laughs> square enough. But by the by, um, which brings us on to the first sort of interesting one to discuss, and that's Sergio Perez, um, out qualified twenty six to one by Verstappen, out raced twenty to two, um, only nine podiums in the best car on the grid to Verstappen's twenty one. Yes, he did finish second in the championship, but then... At times, it looked like he might not, I think, and that's, that's I think, key here. Um, is he tier S? Absolutely not. I think that's that's uh, that's a given. Um, what's the lowest? So we've got five tiers, tiers here from mm. S to A to B to C to D. Yeah. He ain't A. Do you want a recap of where he was at halfway? Yeah. I've I've got all that. So yeah, at the halfway point... Oh, go on, sorry, Chris. two wins were early on, weren't they? So I'm yeah. interested to see just how... <laughs> so how that made a difference. At halfway, I can't remember exactly what we called halfway and did it. Maybe it was the mid-season break, the summer yeah, break. Yeah, summer break. Um, we had him at C because we were like, basically, he's not getting enough out of this and he needs to be doing better. I think he's still there for me. I don't think he's D tier bad, but he's made he's too many mistakes. Not. He's not been quick enough. Um, I mean, on average, he was three tenths off for Stappen in qualifying, which doesn't sound a lot, but it is in this grid, though, it, isn't the, it? When when the top yeah, ten are separated by like a tenth or two in Q one, that's basically not getting into Q uh, in Q three. Sorry. That is literally what was happening to him, not getting into Q3 because he was three tenths down the road instead of two tenths down the road well, like everybody else. Too slow. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, he, he recovered it a little bit towards the end of the season with a few sort of decent qualifying performances and then being able to show he could obviously race with those that were up there. But I still don't think he was finishing where he ought to have been. So I am hesitant to move him higher than C, unfortunately, unless you've got a very good argument. But. I agree. And I think like some of the battles that we saw him in, you know, in that car, should he really be battling yeah. the likes of, you know, Hamilton in Belgium, you know, should, he should have been way, way further up the field in Belgium. I know like that we, we probably covered this in the mid season review, I guess, but like, yeah, just, yeah. Not, just not good enough. And, and no, when you compare no. him to his teammate across an entire season, Verstappen has absolutely wiped the floor with him probably yeah. because the car was designed for the Verstappen and not for Perez but still like <laughs> and you and know it was, it was like, a competition no... for four races and then it was all over wasn't it basically yeah the thing is I don't have a problem with saying it because it, it is just how Formula One goes like when you've yeah. got a lead driver you develop for the lead driver and it's as simple as that anyone who says otherwise is either a fool or they don't know Formula One you know the weirdest bit of this is that a driver that only has two race wins and was underperforming as much as he did, still managed to finish second in the championship. That just goes to show how far ahead the Red Bull actually was and why it's like yeah. there in S tier. The fact that he's underperformed so severely and has still finished second in the title. Yeah. 
Yeah. It tells you everything you I need mean, to know about Red Bull car, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, just as a point of interest, because I saw Discord were asking, um, the only time Perez out-qualified Verstappen all season was the Baku sprint race. That's the only one he's got in any qualifying session. At so it's not... Track, it's he's not, probably best at. I, I was going to ask that because I was thinking... <laughs> I don't remember him having a better qualifying position for a GP, but that's why I don't remember because it was yeah. a sprint quality session. <laughs> and everyone forgets thanks. the sprints the moment they're over. Yeah, th- thanks for uh, throwing that curveball there, Karun. <laughs> um, all right, let's move swiftly on to Mercedes, who, despite everything, managed to finish second in the championship, um, one position higher mm. than they did last season. Um, do you want to do teams or drivers first? Because they have a lot of thoughts on Mercedes. <laughs> Yeah, as a team, well, you sure mean you in general? But all all round, actually, all of it. Okay, um, let's let's. Start, I'm interested. Let's start with the team on this one. I feel like they finished second despite themselves. Like mm-hmm. Ferrari absolutely should have beaten them, hands down. Aston Martin were miles ahead until they just fell off a cliff. Like. Yes, Mercedes have definitely improved things as the season's gone on, and that's the direction you want it to go in. You'd rather have a Mercedes or a McLaren kind of season than an Aston Martin kind of season. But, I don't know. They're a difficult one. Where are you guys on them? I think given where they started the season and what they started the season with, I think you know they have made very clear steps in performance at mm-hmm. different times of the season as they've understood what they've developed and as they've sort of got their heads around, there have been flashes of, of real competitiveness from that car, but um, they just haven't been able to develop fast enough to obviously to catch up. They made a rod for their own back by developing the wrong concept in the first yeah. place and yeah. sticking with it. So, you know, that in that, in that regard, it, that's their own fault and they definitely lose points for that in my book. I, th- I think as well on, on that note, the, just the lack of being able to be consistent because of not even fully understanding where they were at through most of the season anyway. Like, don't get me wrong, they've made improvements to it, like you say, and they've they've slowly gotten on top of it. But I think I still to this day don't think they fully understand what they've got underneath them as a as yeah. a car. Um I mean, in terms of actually throwing a ranking on it just to kind of move it to that, I was gonna kind of put them be kind of just somewhere in the middle, like if they'd have not improved, they'd have been like a C or something. But because they improved and started to get the performance out of it, it's a B. But as we'll probably get to in a minute with the drivers, I think that they've finished where they have more because of like Hamilton getting more out of it than he's probably entitled to. Yeah. Um, so the car and the team on the whole, I'm kind of middling as a B. That's kind of where I am as well, I think. Yeah, I'm a low A to a high B. So yeah, mm. middling I think is the word for it. Despite yeah. coming second, yeah, um, I mean, it's an, it is an improvement on last season for them. So let's not forget. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, let's do Hamilton next. He ended up finishing third in the championship, um, three points up on last year. Which I mean, however bad this year for Mercedes was, a lot better than the season before. <laughs> um, actually, out qualified by Russell. 15 to 13, but he outraced Russell 15 to 7 and scored quite a decent chunk more points on him. Um, six podiums this year for Hamilton. Um, I think Hamilton's had a really good year. His consistency has been ridiculous. Like he just 
kept on grinding out results to the best of that car's ability, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree there. Um, yeah, he's kind of like dragged it. He's, he's been dragging results out of it that, like you guys said, like he didn't really have, he does what he always does. He gets results that he's got no business getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously one or two hairy moments over the course of the season. Um, namely Qatar, where he collided with his teammate. Um, he just seemed to drop the ball. Yeah. Uh, there's one in Monza thing. as well. Um, he squeezed someone off uh, the second Piastri. chicane, I think. Yeah. Piastri going into the, might have been the first yeah, one. Yeah, it was. He, he held his hand up for both as well, to be fair to this. Yeah. And then yeah. the other one was Perez, which I think was a little bit more uh, spa, which I think was a little bit more grey area because obviously it was wet. Perez was yeah. in a weird position on track and had bad tyres and was just yeah fighting for dear life to keep all yeah, the positions. Yeah, I, like I think the other two gonna... were more driver error than what that one was yeah yeah. Um, i mean i i think he's had a very good season and i think he's definitely got more out of the car than it probably warranted um and i think the the good stat that probably highlights that is when you do a quality comparison between hamilton and russell but then you do a race comparison between hamilton and russell so generally speaking qualifying's quite close between them like one lap pace wise you've got 13 to 15. It's, the, it's Russell, the closest gap on the whole yeah. grade between the two teammates. It was less, uh, two hundredths was the average gap between them all yeah. season. So you've got two hundredths of a gap between them on average in quality. And then Russell just about sneaking the actual head to head. But then when it comes to races, you've got like twice as many better uh, finishes for Hamilton at 15 to seven. And then you've got like almost double the point scored as well at 234 to 175. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the bit that it highlights is even though he's had these dodgy moments that aren't quite Hamilton like in these incidents and stuff like that, he's still got those results despite having a couple of races through the season that's been like that. So I can't I can't quite go like full S tier like I can with Verstappen just because of some of those silly mistakes. But I think in terms of like when you look at the race finishes and head to head and stuff, I think I've got to at least put him in the A for that. Personally. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking as well. I think just just to be wary though, is there anyone you think's had a better season than than Hamilton? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about better, but there's there's some. There's other people I would at least put in A. I don't know if there's anyone else I'd put in S, but there's definitely other people I put in A A with him. But I'm sure we'll get to those. There you go, because he's got a candidate for S. I think I might have one over S, but um, we'll get to those, I suppose. Um, Um, Yeah, I agree, probably a high A for Hamilton. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to have to do right. what we did at mid-season where I put them in the category in, in order yeah, of Yeah, we height. might get, we'll get into that <laughs> granularity. All right, George Russell. This might be first contentious one of the day. I think Russell's had a pretty poor season, all things considered. I think, like we just talked about, quality-wise, like one lap pace, he's actually been Great. decent. Like, no problem there. But yeah, race pace wise, I feel like he's been off the boil. So as much as Hamilton's been getting more out of it than he possibly should be, I don't think Russell's quite got enough out of it. In too many mistakes. Yeah, like, yeah, mistakes. There yeah. was the clash with Verstappen in um, Vegas was all his fault. Yeah, he crashed out of 
a podium position in Singapore completely on him. Um, oh, he had yeah, a crash in Canada, cool. which dropped a bunch of points as well. Like you look at the points gap between Hamilton and Russell, you can make up most of that gap in those two or three mistakes that he's made. Um, I'd be interested yeah, to know just, where you're going to put him then because of where we put him at mid-season. Where did we put him mid-season? So at mid-season, Hamilton was A, as we've done with him today, and Russell was B, so essentially doing okay but room for improvement. And that was probably true at the time because they were a lot closer mid-season from what I remember. But a lot of those incidents and issues that you've mentioned have come as we've got further and further towards the end of the season. So... yeah. I think That's he's probably... a low B. I think he's still a B, but he's a low B. I think people low B is the highest I can put him. I think. I think he's a high C or low B for me. So mm. Mm. interesting. Where are you at, what, Tom? Where you at? I'm trying to weigh up. Has he underperformed as much as I think Perez has? That's the. That's no, the definitely not. And He's I definitely think, had a better season than Perez. And I think that's the answer for me as well, which would mean that I'd put him B for that reason. That's fine. I can go with that. We'll put him a low B. A low I've B got a fine. feeling that might be why he was B at mid-season. I'd have to go yeah. back and check. But yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep some moving. Yeah. Ferrari next. Finished third in the end. One place there on last year. Um, I mean, disappointing year for them. We expected a lot more from Ferrari this year. Um, I think that can only blame themselves for finishing third rather than second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird one. They've been kind of nothing like as prominent this season as they were last season. Like early last season, they were obviously the the, the lead protagonists in the battle against Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, they never really looked to have shown up to me. Like no. they kind of, they were a bit of a slow burn throughout the whole season. It was yeah. only kind of towards the end of the season when they started to look interesting, and that was really their battle with Mercedes more than anything else. Yes, you know, Leclerc had a an amazing mm-hmm. race in uh, Las Vegas, but just again, it's the it's a consistency thing again, isn't it? Like there just wasn't the consistency there from even Mercedes or, or Ferrari to to really, you know, keep that challenge up against the all-conquering Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So the question really is, did they do... I mean, the points speak for themselves. Obviously, on paper, Mercedes did do better than Ferrari because they finished higher in the championship. Um, emotionally, do I feel like Ferrari... <laughs> were the better team across the season? Did they impress me more across the season? I don't know. I think they're about the same, to be honest. I don't think I can put Ferrari or Mercedes ahead of either of each other. I think I have to put Ferrari right next to Mercedes in the B column. I'd kind of be inclined to say the same. The only only team other than Red Bull that won a race all year. That's got to count for something. Yeah, so that would put them ahead of slightly ahead of Mercedes. I'm happy for them to be basically in the same place as Mercedes, though. I think they're all around about that area. Yeah, one of the let's just try and keep teams and drivers separate for this as well. Yeah, so we'll have teams at the front of the order and then drivers at the yeah second. And I'll put Um, Ferrari slightly ahead of Mercedes. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Stu's favourite driver, Charles Leclerc, um, <laughs> who I think has had pretty great season. Um, Convince me. He only finished fifth in the end. He was three places down on last year. He's had 
rotten luck. He, he had three retirements, which off the top of my head, I don't think were his fault. I think they were predominantly car issues. Well, one, one disqualification and one did not start with a technical issue. So that's in, five up. races you wipe him out of. Can we just away. move yeah. Ferrari behind Mercedes, please? <laughs> <laughs> Based on that. Um... I mean, the qualifying gap between Leclerc and Sainz is close. It's a tenth and a half, but ultimately Leclerc was ahead both in quality and races. Um, mm-hmm. Only just beat him on points. But I still think Leclerc's had a good season. In fact, I think they both have. I think Sainz has had a good season as well. So I mean, as, as, the points, as the points probably suggest as well, in it being 206 points for Leclerc and 200 on the button for Sainz, I find it quite hard to separate them. I think Very closely, science has probably been a bit more consistent overall um, because he's had less in the way of retirements and, and issues in that regard. I mean, he's also had some absolutely rotten luck, same as Leclerc has. Um, but I think he's probably been a little bit more consistent, so maybe not always had the same pace as Charles, but, yeah, just been... Right where we, like, you know, kind of just always in the same place, always there. And that's probably the story of the two seasons there. You've got Leclerc, who's had these really outstanding races, these brilliant flashes, but then had far more, like, pits and bottoms and lows. And then Sainz, who's had a couple of lows and a couple of issues from the team and stuff, but generally just, like, been consistently where he needs to be. So I think they've both had very good seasons, but for slightly different reasons like Leclerc for the moments of brilliance flashing that you know flashes and then signs really for the consistency and you know keeping that fight going down to the end and you know like both of them as well for in-car strategy like you know gaining places and and executing strategy despite Ferrari themselves <laughs> as we that's always the thing say. the drivers are doing it despite the team a lot of the time yeah I think there's a lot of credit yeah. got to go for anyone in in the Ferrari seat that can manage that situation as well as they as and they, they both do manage that so I think right. we need a lot of credit for that I'll open the bidding by saying both of them in A interesting that would be a slight upgrade to mid-season because we had both of them in B at mid-season. But I think that could be that we thought the Ferrari was better than it actually ended up being. <laughs> yeah, I think and we probably thought is. they need to get more out of that car. Whereas now I would probably say they've both got the absolute like most they probably can out of that car and on occasion done more with it, which is creeping into that A category with Hamilton, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, Science won a race as well, didn't he? Science did win a race. Yeah, I'm happy to put him in the A in, in A category. I think. I think I think I could go with that. With this, I don't really mind one. where in the A category. Probably high A, but um, higher than Hamilton though. I'd say no. Um, I mean, he beat both of them, so probably not. Yeah, yeah. and and in, a in theory, car, they had a, they a had a better car. car. Yeah, in theory, they yeah. had a better car. No, that feels right. So. Um, all right, next up on the list, McLaren. Um, I mean, one of the all-time great turnarounds from where they began the season compared to where they finished it. Still Mental. Yeah. nigh unbelievable. Um, yeah. Finished fourth in the end, a place higher than they did last season. Um, I'm guessing we ranked them really badly at mid-season. At the turn we didn't, the well, I remember saying I was concerned about them. 
We didn't oh, we do didn't the, do teams. the teams. We didn't do the teams. So I've only got previous standings for drivers. I can tell you where the drivers were if you want to look at that, but yeah, that yeah, might also on. affect where we put them now. I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd be interested. Okay, tell us after. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think we do the rankings first and then we'll compare for these two. I think McLaren have to be, as a team, have to be in A category. I think they turned it around. I think they started... I think the, I can agree with very you. concerningly and yeah. for them to, you know, at times be the, the main rival to the fastest car in the history of the sport um, <laughs> is, is a, is a, from where they started the season to where they ended up at the end of the season, I think is, is absolutely yeah. amazing. And the work involved, the, you know, it's a team that's finally, after all these years, finally starting to bear fruit. I think some of these management changes and, and, personnel changes are starting to, you know, really starting to have an effect on on the team and, and how it's run and the results. So and yeah, I know, it's good to see. I hope they continue it into next year. I know some people might find it weird that we put McLaren ahead of Ferrari and Mercedes who finished higher than them, but yeah, you know, McLaren started the season poorly, but in every respect they've been as a whole team operationally fantastic. Like yeah. Designer manufacturing wise, I've turned it around strategically. They've been great. Driver pit management stops. wise, they've been great. I mean, they set a new pit stop world record like twice. They set it, then yeah. broke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy with them there. Um, yeah, we'll do Lando next. Um, okay. He finished sixth in the end, a place higher than last season. Uh, the gap was less than two tenths between Norris and Piastri, um, but Norris ahead. 19-9 in qualifying and 17-5 in races. Um, yeah, he kind of, I felt like Norris tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season. Definitely sort of maybe a bit of fatigue sort of started to set in and the performances mm. didn't quite seem to be where they had been earlier in the season. Um, but I think he, I do think he has had a very good season, um, especially given what he started with and what he ended up with. It's one of those seasons where... McLaren, you know, we wouldn't be able to put them in in that A category without some absolutely stellar performances from both of their drivers. So, you know, they've really had to maximise the package when they have had it, and I think they've achieved that. I think they have been able to do it at, in, at the times when they've had the car that'll that'll deliver the goods. Mm-hmm. So, I would put Norris probably, I think, probably in the A's, but below the two Ferrari drivers. Oh, do you think? Or maybe in uh, between the two Ferrari I'd have, drivers? I mean, I'd have had him above both Ferrari drivers. I think Norris has probably, for the most part, done better than if I was a team with what he's been given. If I was a team principal hiring a driver based off last season, I'd be taking Norris over the two Ferrari boys, I think. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um... It's interesting you mentioned like Norris may be comparatively tailing off a bit. An interesting little uh, added stat that Karun provided was that since, although the qualifying was 19-9 to Norris, since Spa, it's actually been 8-7 to Piastri, which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Which brings us on to Piastri, who I'm going to push to put in S. There we go. It's all all about... I'm 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 thinking <laughs> expectation versus reality, and for him season. to come in as a rookie and do what he has done this year, I don't think anyone would have expected that. Despite all the hype around, I think you know he came into this. I can't think of a driver since Lewis Hamilton that's come in as a rookie with 
the amount of hype around them that Piastri Magnussen, maybe. Magnussen had a lot of hype when he joined McLaren. Yeah, maybe. But it like... Didn't, it didn't okay, Max Verstappen, that's a good example of this <laughs> yeah. Verstappen. But I think, I think he's lived up to and surpassed that hype this season, honestly. Yeah, me and you... I can't remember if we did it on a podcast or if it was a separate conversation, Chris, but I do remember me and you having the conversation about it of like a full rookie season to this standard. I don't think I've been this confident in a rookie's potential after their first season performance since Hamilton. That's fair. I mean, to, to be out the front, like, Max 100% showed huge potential in his first year at Toro Rosso, but was he ready to win a championship then? No. I think Piastri, genuinely speaking, if you put him in the right car, he could fight for that title now. It, yeah, if I that McLaren is good enough to... next season, I think he can be there, and that's a, that's the slight difference between Verstappen's rookie season and Piastri's rookie season, in my opinion. Mm. And their think... age <clears throat> as well helps. Yeah, you know, I'm not even going to dare ask it. Actually, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> you um, don't want to know. I think, yeah, okay, you've convinced me as an S. I think, yeah, given his first season and the performance he's put in, I think, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an S, S yeah. level performance and for a rookie for sure. So exactly, why and not? Some element of what we're doing is contextual, isn't it? Like, you know, we've got McLaren who finished lower in the standards and Ferrari and Mercedes above them because of the turnaround from worst to essentially second best. Yeah, and if and... if Piastri had a season as good as this one next year, I don't think that necessarily would be S-worthy. But in within the context of yeah. him being a freaking rookie, it's ridiculous. That's it. And, and yeah, having exactly. to deal with the transition of that car from the awful thing it was to where it is now and stay on pace with it, same as Lando did. I think it shows a lot of um, a lot of promise from a rookie performance. Um, yeah. Out of interest, just going back to mid-season when we did it, we had them both in A tier. So Piastri's back end of the season performances have uh, probably quite rightly earned him a little bit of a, an yeah. improvement there. And, right. and Norris, Norris staying about the same. Nice. First interesting result of the episode. <laughs> All right. Aston Martin, who started the season unbelievably well and then tailed off ridiculously, did pick it up back a little bit towards the end. Um, They finished fifth in the end, which you've got to say is, all things considered, a disappointing finishing position for Aston Martin, albeit two places higher than last year. Tremendously disappointing, I think. I think given where they started the season, you know, they they look like a real rival for Red Bull yeah. at times. Yeah, should have won a race, honestly, in that first yeah period. You know, I would have been amazed if they hadn't won a won a race, which they haven't. So I am amazed. <laughs> <laughs> um, the season, the second half of the season has just been absolute pants for them. Like they've. They've not been able to get the performance out of the car. The updates that they've brought to the car have made the car slower. Um, they say that it's because they've been doing a lot of public testing for next year, but, um, you know, mm, not, very su- not very successful testing if it's for next no. year, is it? If it's not making the car faster, then that's probably not good. So, yeah. I mean, Wes has kind of um, said the right thing in chat for me, which is, Aston Martin is the yin to McLaren's yang, bringing balance yeah. to the universe. And it, it is, I think, out of interest, right? When McLaren started the season, where would you have had them? If, we, if we'd done teams mid-season, where would you have had them? Because I'd have probably had them D, maybe a borderline C, because they'd start yeah, to work on things at that point. Because yeah, yeah. we'd, we'd had the first set of up, 
grades and it was starting to look promising. And I think Aston Martin would have probably been an S, maybe an A, dropping to an A because they started to tail off a little bit. So in that true flip, I think that as a team, I don't think I would put Aston Martin higher than a C, despite how good the start was. It just tailed off so poorly and so everything quickly. they did seemed to like... Um, yeah, just Slugged make it worse. Yeah, they, they were they were slow and bad for more of the season than they were good. Yeah. As yeah. amazing as that opening mm. stint was, on balance, yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I can put them above Ferrari and Mercedes to be honest. However, a season they've not done as good a job. I think it had unbelievably for the season they had at the start. I think yeah, it mm. has to be a C. Um. So- Let's do Alonso next. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the head-to-head stats when we get onto Stroll. I think Alonso has been fantastic mm. this year, though. Like, yeah. The Very second it's like, IQ. oh, I've got a good car here. I'm going to go and be unbelievably good. Like eight podiums in the opening nine rounds, I think it was in the end. Um, yeah. Could and probably should have won in Monaco had the team not botched the pit tire timing a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's been great. How yeah, great? Smashed his teammate, but his teammate was Lance Stroll, so he was always going to smash him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he yeah. also smashed most of the drivers on the grid when he had a car that could perform. Um, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, some of the battles that we saw him have as well like, f- throughout the beginning of the season, again, really, really exciting. Um, made made the start of the season interesting, didn't he? 100%. Yeah, massively. Has he been S tier good this season? I guess is the question. I don't think I can get him that high because he'd have won a race if he was going to be that high for me. Yeah, I think if he'd won a race, I would have been happy to give him an S. But the fact that he hasn't, um, I, and the fact that he's, I can't put him ahead of Piastri based on everything we've just said about Piastri. So yeah, again, I I do think Alonso has. I think for me, Alonso has been the second best driver this season, but. Again, it's expectation versus reality. And I think Piastri's done a better job on that balance than Alonso yeah. has. Yeah. I think Which we have kind to put of him top of in, A. Yeah, top A. Probably. Yeah. He's definitely better than. Be- has he been better than Hamilton? Yeah. You're going to say better than He's Hamilton. He's been more entertaining than Hamilton. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guaranteed that with Alonso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Lance Stroll um, lost 26 to 2 in qualifying. Uh, average gap of three tenths, which actually, interestingly, a very similar qualifying gap as the Verstappen Perez gap. Mm. Um, 74 points to Alonso's 206, zero podiums to Alonso's eight, outdone 18 four in races. And I feel like some of that four was when Alonso was like, Tell Lance, I'm not going to overtake him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bad, bad. It's been a bad year for him. He's been shown up a bit, really, hasn't he? Like, yeah. Well, we, you know, halfway through the season, we were saying, how, what is it going to take for them to get rid of this guy? Because he's just not delivering when they've clearly got a car that they need yeah. to to be performing well in. Like that, that, this was their year. This was the year they were supposed to, you know, finish higher up in the championship and have a better season. And it hasn't. Re- I think they could have finished higher if they'd had a second driver who was scoring more points on a regular basis. Yeah, mm-hmm. And um, he's he's cost them, there's no doubt he's cost them positions in the championship. Oh, absolutely. Hasn't been there. So um, I think you have to put him in a D. 
I think he is the first D. It's just not it's been harsh, good but it's funnily just, enough, you've got to it be better. Was there, it was there mid-season, so yeah, anybody's done nothing since mid-season to change our minds on that. I suppose. Has no, it? Ironically, his best races were at the start of the season when he was driving with a bleeding broken hand. Like, what's going on with that? Guy? And we and we still put him in D category for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor. Um, right, let's keep moving. Alpine. Alpine's a really interesting team. So they finished sixth, which was two places lower than the year before. Um, mm. They had the second closest qualifying gap of any team. Um, three quarters of a tenth was the average gap between the two drivers. Um, qualifying Gasly was 11 to, sorry, 17 to 11 ahead. Races all equally 11 11. Um, points there was only four points between the two of them in the end they were next to each other in terms of championship position both picked up a podium um the one big difference in the two driver seasons really is that Ocon probably had even worse luck than um Leclerc did this year Ocon had six retirements of which I don't think many were his fault he's had so many car issues um Mm. it's a really interesting matchup with those two drivers though yeah, when you look at those stats, you kind of think, well, for the for the team for the points at the end of the season to be as close as they were, and, and for the sort of key stats to be as close as they were, <clears throat> you kind of feel like those two drivers must be getting the absolute maximum out of the car. Yeah, or you could go the other way and go, well, it's two average drive. They've got two average drivers and they're an average car. <laughs> I mean, so it's a hard one. You, you to, know, you're not far out. off summing up where I was going to put all this. To be fair with that statement, I mean, to just throw it out there, I was kind of going to go B tier for both drivers and C tier for the team because I That's think the exactly teams, the teams underperforming in my opinion. They're not, they're not where they should be, but the drivers have at least done kind of the best they can with it. I don't think either of them have done anything like outrageous with it. I mean, Ocon had his moment in Monaco, didn't he? Um, and that yeah. basically at mid-season that had him in a B tier and Gasly was down in C saying we think he needs to do a bit more I think over the course of the season Gasly's probably closed that gap a bit as the championship standings mm-hmm. and the results probably suggest um, I'd be interested to know what the head-to-head was at mid-season when we did that I'm going to assume Ocon was a little bit ahead at that point probably. that would be my suspicion yeah, um, sure. but yeah I think overall there's not much between them and they're doing better than what the team probably warrants with where the car is. So yeah. like I said, both drivers B and team C, unless anyone's got any arguments with that. I'm with you. Love it. There it goes. Um, next one. Next up, Williams. Uh, so they finished seventh in the end, three places upon uh, the season before, which I think is the biggest jump in terms of championship position uh, of any team, if I remember rightly. Jump forward. Um, biggest jump forward, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Like, you always, I, I, I feel like most F1 fans always want better for Williams just because they're Williams. But I think all things considered, with where they've come from the last few years, fairly solid um, season for them. I think they've been think, doing a decent job with what they've got and what they're working with. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's signs of improvement. Um, they're definitely... I mean, they're clearly moving forward. They're doing a lot with a little. Um, I think the new management has definitely brought a lot to the table for that team, and um, it's you know it's starting to show in the results. Um, like like uh, James Well said, he was amazed 
that they were managing to even build a Formula One car with the with the resources <laughs> yeah. that they had, you know, with the with the sort of tracking and production process and things that they had. So all of that stuff will obviously slowly, slowly improve the team. Um, and yeah, they're already on the right path. I think it's a good season for Williams, especially to jump ahead by three positions. Yeah. Despite having Logan Sargent not scoring a single point, is that right? Or did he get one point? Uh, no, he did. He got that one point in um, Kota after the disqualifications. Yeah. So, I mean, it all, the, the Sargent point thing... Point on technicality. Almost, almost became a bit of a meme, didn't it? But um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think they've done all right. I think they've done all right, Williams, this year. Mate, how do you feel about a C between Aston Martin and Alpine? I, I would put them higher fair. than Alpine, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. given just what they've achieved with what little we now know they have, I think yeah. um, that puts them ahead of Alpine. And I think the thing that puts Alpine behind them is probably all the, on the opposite side of the spectrum, some of the political unrest within <laughs> that team has kind of yeah. really derailed them and, and sent them in the opposite direction. So, yeah, yeah, Williams ahead for me. Yeah. Um, so in terms of their drivers, it, the biggest qualifying gap of all, um, it was over half a second between Albon and Sargent on average. Uh, it's also the only quick clean sweep, um, 28 to zero in Albon's favour. 19-3 in races, um, Albon got 27 points to the one that we mentioned Sargent got. Um, Albon's been great this year. Um, there's been... A couple of silly mistakes where he's thrown away some potential big points. Um, he crashed out of the points on his own in Australia early in the season. And I feel like there was another one. Zanvoort, maybe, I think he made a mistake that cost him some points. There's been a couple of mistakes in here from Albon, but mm. otherwise he's been very, very good. Yeah, um, I would say he's been better than Perez, which is kind of yeah, becoming our he... yardstick here because Perez is a C. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you kind of got to put him in the B category, I think, album. I'm almost leaning towards an A for album. Really? A for album. So um, mid, mid-season, mid we had him low A's. We had him basically being, at the time, we thought better performing than the likes of the Ferrari pairing, Russell, Ocon, and the Alpha Tauri um, pair at the time which was Sonoda and Ricardo, And I think that all still rings true. So I would either put him as the highest B or the lowest A. I think A yeah, feels a little bit more rewarding to put yeah, him at like the bottom fine. of the A's. I think especially given that Williams basically stopped developing that car mid-season and he still pulled off some really good qualifying positions and got some yeah. points. Yeah, definitely. Sergeant, so obviously since we last recorded, it's been confirmed that Sergeant's keeping his seat for next year, as we've suspected for a while. Ultimately, I think towards the end of the season, he has shown signs of improvement. I think he just about deserves a second season. Do I think he's any higher than a D despite that? Probably has he had a better not. season than Lance Stroll? I mean, he's had a... Um... Into, this is this all comes back to the Piastri comparison. I think it's all about expectation versus result. Like for me, D is like you're not even close, and C is sort of you've not been as good as you should have been. But like there's there's glimmers, like there's there's opportunity. You know, what I mean, you can you can see. 
the potential. Like, like Perez, we know Perez has been around the sport a long time. We know he's not trash. Like that's why he's not in DTA. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Alpine, yeah. Aston Martin, Williams, like they've not been awful. They've just not got the best out of it. And I think that's what C is. I would probably say that he's like the low end of C because I think D is the, you are not pulling your way at all. You need to be gone. I think as we've talked about, Sargent is definitely needs to improve, but for a rookie season in a team at the back of the pack, I don't think he's been that awful. He's not, he's not like cost race results by crashing out. He's kind of always been finishing, he, although he's not finishing in, in the points because he's not got to grips with the car or the car's not been good enough. He's, he's been close enough that things like the DQs ahead of him have pulled him into the points on that occasion. Mm, so I think yeah. there's, but I, I think you're going to think to convince me. I mean, we had him in C mid season. So what has he yeah. done since mid season? That's <clears throat> well, worse not, than where he was then. Well, this is I it. He's say. not done anything. Has he? I think my, my, my issue, Tom is just the, it's the quality gap between the two of them. And it's the fact that he's just yeah, been absolutely yeah. rinsed out by his teammate. The entire I think, season. I think if he'd beat Albon at any point, then I would be happy to give him a C. But I, I'll have him ahead of Stroll. But I can't, I can't put him in C because he's, he's just not, he's not delivered for as far as I'm concerned. I'm with Stu. I'm afraid That's he's fair. definitely, definitely higher than Stroll. Like you know, Stroll's a guy who's got seven years' experience under his belt now, yeah. and he's still that bad. We need, we need, give him a we chance. need it. I think give him another chance. Give him another year. Yeah, definitely. He deserves his second season but... for sure. I think, yeah, I think out of those two, there's one that you're 100% firing if you're a team principal. Like, categorically, yeah. if you you're would a, not keep Lance Stroll if you're, if you're a, a team principal. If you're yeah. a un, sort of unbiased team principal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> out, out of interest, if obviously, if you had to fill a seat with one of those two drivers, which would you take? It has to be one of those two. Oh, it has to be sergeants. Like... We we at this point in time we've seen everything Lance Stroll has to offer, and the answer is not much. At least with yeah. Sergeant, you get <laughs> someone with a ceiling above him to improve into. Yeah. The next time we do this, we need we need like Lance Stroll's own tier just to put him in at the bottom, <laughs> just like Stroll on his own. Um. All right, let's move on to the most complicated team on the list, which is Alpha Terry, who've hilariously oh got God. four drivers on this list. Um, we'll do the team quickly first. Um, they finished eighth, actually a place higher than the season before. I mean, they had an awful car for most of the season and then kind of came good and scored some points towards the end. I still think they're... Are they a D-tier team? They've been pretty poor. I think I... the the improvement wasn't enough and that combined with just the the management of the drivers. I mean, to be, to be fair to them, I guess one was injured. It's not really their yeah. fault that they ended up with a fourth driver. But I think just the whole, who will it be? When will they swap? Like all that kind of, it just detracts away from what they should be doing and probably should because once things got a bit more settled, they actually started improving. So... Yeah, it's like they all everything you heard around Alpha Terra is around the wrong stuff. None yeah. of it was making them get better results. It was just As, until the final race of the lot. season, pretty much. Yeah. Um I mean any arguments to put them higher than a D? I don't think so. It's yeah, probably been the slowest car all season, hasn't it? 
Yeah, I wouldn't put them any better than Alpine. So no, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, let's do wanna... Sonoda first because he's the kind of common denominator in terms of the driver pairings. Um, Sonoda actually beat all three of his teammates this season on pretty much whatever measure you can come up with. Um, <laughs> he was the better qualifier than all three of his teammates. Um, he, the only driver of the three that outraced him was actually Liam Lawson. Um, but yeah, Sonoda finished. 14th, three places upon the season before. Um, he scored 30. No, he scored about 15 points total, I think. Um, I think Snowden's had a good year. I think he's done a lot to... He had a reputation of a driver that was quick but crashed a lot. And I think he's done a lot this year to kind of fix that reputation. And as we've said a couple of times this season, I think if and when Red Bull um, come to need another driver for one of their cars, he Sonoda's at the very least put himself in the conversation. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think for me, so. he's, a, he's, he's a mid B for me. I think he, um, yeah, he has defeated all, all three of his teammates this season, but also he, I think there's an argument to say that all three of his teammates had a lot less seat time than him in that car. So of course, yeah, that's, no, that's be, true. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, I would have maybe had him a low A, well, maybe a high B rather than a low B. But the fact that Lawson beat him, um, yeah, for me is kind of that like he shouldn't. If he's number one driver at Alvatari, Liam Lawson shouldn't be beating him. So yeah, he almost he had a harder time against Lawson than he has against Ricardo, which is mad. Yeah. In fact, I think Snow has been at his best when Ricardo's been in that other seat, which maybe says something about what Ricardo brings to the team in terms of his experience and yeah. helps him in a car or whatever, but that's a whole other conversation. Maybe a combination of that and a very weirdly different mindset from Sonoda. Like, both, they're both pressures, like a pressure of this a rookie joining to fill in for an injured driver and the experienced guy that's like fighting to get back into the Red Bull seat. Like, they're two very different... They're two very high-intensity pressure scenarios for Sonoda, but they're both also different in the sense of, like, Ricardo's a threat to his potential of a future Red Bull seat, but not necessarily his Alpha Tauri seat. Yeah. Lawson, however, was a threat to his potential Alpha Tauri seat. Yeah, Lawson wants his And car. I think they, they, they're basically different threats. And yeah. I think you maybe saw that in how much more relaxed and on it he was with Ricardo because... He just went to work beating Ricardo, frankly, once Ricardo was yeah. back. Like, R Ricardo had like one quality session, I think, where he outperformed UK. And then mm -hmm. once he was and then back, there was and the then race that was in Mexico. Where oh, yeah. Sorry, the race result in Mexico. Yeah, did him. Yeah, but that was the only one, really. But yeah, like, I, I think that probably helped a little bit. So I think, yeah, I, I don't disagree with where we've put Yuki, but I'd struggle to put um, Ricardo there i'd have to i'd have to drop ricardo to be fair into yeah i think ricardo into C. i think he's disappointed me like yeah. not awful but he's he's disappointed me in terms of what i expected from him this season it's just it feels harsh to be judging a driver who's had a, such a small number of races and broke his hand <laughs> during it yeah. but yeah i think you have to put ricardo in a c could do better really but we've got to put him ahead of perez because it's extenuating circumstances <laughs> 
Also, mm. just because it's spicy to put Ricardo ahead of Perez. <laughs> yeah, of and we'll course. probably upset there's a, a few Bull, people. There's a Red Bull spice. What right about there. those comments, isn't it? Watch so, our downloads in Mexico. Who, who are we doing next? Uh, let's do Nick DeVries next. Done. Uh, <laughs> as much as I feel sorry for the guy, he does have to go in D. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. we put him there at mid-season, and he wasn't here after mid-season, so we can't well, really change we it. Job's done. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I will say I do think it was premature of them to ditch him. I think um, mm-hmm. he needed. I think they should have given him more of a chance. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I also it's... don't think he was ever the right person for that seat in the first place. No, he was kind of set up to fail. And I've I've seen Blaze and maybe a couple of others make a comment case for AlphaTauri should maybe be a C because they started to improve. Unfortunately, elements like that is at least why I keep him in a D because <laughs> it's not just the performance of the car, it's the whole thing. And yeah. yeah, stuff like maybe he wasn't the right guy, full stop. And then the whole will they, won't they sack him and just making life uncomfortable for the drivers. It's, I mean, yes, I know I'm fully aware that Red Bull probably have a huge part in in the say of what happens there, but for it to be aired so publicly and stuff like what they do, it's just not good for the team and the drivers. And I think that's why they end up down there. Um, yeah. The interesting question is going to be where we put Lawson in all this. Lawson's good, man. He only had five races to show what he could do, but... Yeah, like to pick up points after being like parachuted into a car with no notice like that. Um, yeah, he did a really good job. Um, in C next to Ricardo, maybe. If anything, I'd say Lawson did a better job. I'd in the say races with, I'd say yeah, with the opportunity with again this whole expectation versus result situation. I think he probably outperformed where anyone expected him to be, being just airdropped into that car at such short notice and then not knowing race to race if he was actually going to be in it the next race. Um, I think overall he did quite well. And I don't know, when it comes to expectation versus result, I'd quite happily have him essentially between Yuki and Danny, Danny Rick and probably on Yuki's level of a... I think, yeah, yeah. He's I kind of... He's, he, could, he couldn't have done yes. it. it. Like... He couldn't have done any better as a air dropped in for a few races driver, in my opinion. Um, well, think of Zamvort. Like he had yeah. what an hour in the car before the yeah. race, before qualifying. For one and of the hardest races the to ever drive. Was yeah. Just horrendous, and the race rever was just horrendous as well. Yeah. So he he yeah. never driven an F one car on wet tires before, and then he was just in that race. And then he like, was in a race. Yeah. yeah. After less than what. I suppose less than two hours of running because he would have had yeah. his hour of practice. Did he get an hour of practice? He did, didn't he? He just did FP3, he, I think. Yeah, he just yeah. got the one. And, and then, what, 10 minutes in quali? Because he would have been yeah. out in Q1, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So an hour and 10 minutes of running in a Formula 1 car before you're racing it. <laughs> it is crazy. Anything. I mean, for me, I'd put him ahead of Yuki for that, for, <laughs> just for that one race <laughs> alone. But if you guys want him behind on a no, B. Do you know what? Him, I can, I... I'm happy with a B. I'm happy with a B. I think the fact that yeah. he's beaten Yuki, though, mm-hmm. like... Did he actually beat I... Yuki overall? I, I might have missed that bit when we were discussing it. Uh, yes, he did. <clears> he <throat> In the time they were teammates, Lawson scored two points and Yuki didn't get any. Um, it was 4-1 in races mm. to Lawson. Well, there you go. I mean, I he's got to go ahead of him. The time they were against yeah. each other, yeah. he then. beat him. So... Put him ahead. Blaze saying, um... Lawson deserves an S if Piastri got one. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? I think I think if he'd done like I think if he'd done a whole season, he might have been able to achieve that. And I want to see him get a full season as well. Like. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be harsh to throw him up on an S based on four races, <laughs> but I think and I think the B B is about the best you can do because let's not forget like his his results did sort of tail off. I think was it Singapore? He, he didn't. Uh, fair enough, you know Singapore is a very difficult race as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, he did sort of. I think as as he settled in, he kind of. The, uh, the team as a whole kind of seemed to slow down anyway. But yeah, well, I yeah. think I think I think we've got him in. For me, I think we've got him in the right. Yeah, yeah that's so. about right. That's about right. All right, last couple of teams. Alfa Romeo um, finished ninth, three places lower than they did the season before. Um, they were just rubbish, weren't they? Yeah. Alfa Romeo as a brand leaving the sport with a whimper, all in all. <laughs> um, yeah, so next year they're just going to be Sauber F1 team again. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that. I wonder what they'll do with the livery. Um, yeah, I hope they do some like heritage kind of throwback liveries to calm, they were, calm down they, that's a march episode that one they were very, <laughs> yeah they were very much like also runs for the whole season for yeah, oh, yeah. They, they didn't they didn't really set the world on fire um didn't really notice too much about them other than when bottas was sort of doing the odd thing here and there getting naked so <laughs> non-racing situations yeah yeah, yeah literally I mean, like i paid more attention to bottas like off track that I did on track season. Yeah, I didn't I mean, even I th- pay that much. And th- this is literally like scrolling down on Twitter and noticing it. <laughs> so Joe Joe had a slightly better season of the two, I think, from from what I like remember seeing. I feel like I feel like you'd be hard. Sorry, you'd be forgiven for thinking that Bottas didn't compete this season, and that he was just off saunering. Oh yeah, in his, he was so nudity. Like whereas Joe's. <laughs> Um, Joe's had his moments like with some good racecraft and some some decent overtakes and stuff like that, and we've we've like had him in contention for like moves of the day, and you know we've we've chatted about Joe, and despite the car being garbage, he's remained relevant, and you'd have genuinely thought that given the experience of those two pairings, that should be the other way around, surely. Is Bottas should be the one sort of keeping the team semi relevant while the car's garbage and Joe Guan Yu yeah. should be like not 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 doing that, but the less likely of the two to be doing that, I guess. So I think overall, I think the team and Bottas end up being a D for me and Joe's probably a C. I mean, like the the qualifying gap is only a tenth between them in Bottas's favour. And like mm. it's easy to forget that Bottas is an un, or at least was an unbelievably good qualifier. Like True. he beat Lewis Hamilton to pole many times, and Lewis Hamilton is statistically the best qualifier of all time. Like I think in his Mercedes era, Bottas was never out of Q three. And like, yeah, is, is this right. is this Bottas just losing interest and fading? Is this Joe being better than we maybe give him credit for? It's really hard to tell when they're in a car as crap as that Alfa Romeo. It's probably a bit of both. I think, it's I think probably it probably is a bit I of both. I think it is like a bit of a, feels like a bit of a sort of sunset season for uh, for Bottas. Mm. But I think it's a sunset season for that team because they're becoming in, you know, not yeah, actually year after, else. they're going to yeah. become Audi. So there's a, there's a bit of kind of treading water, I think, going on at that team across, yeah. across the board. I think Alfa Romeo go D below Alfa Tauri. Yeah, for me, uh, I agree with that. Drivers, um, like they both had their moments. Um, 
True. I mean, looking at it statistically, Bottas has actually performed better than Joe, which, like I say, yeah. from what I remember of the season and the way it's played out, doesn't but feel should be. right. But yeah, but well, yeah, it also be. it should be. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think it. Look, I think it's low C for Bottas, followed by low C for Joe. I think that's, that's exactly what I think as well. Uh, and are we so saying behind Perez? Are we saying? Joe's better or worse no, than Bottas? Joe's worse. Joe's worse. Yeah, I'd put Joe slightly he's, lower. He's but they're, they're had a worse season. So. Both fairly middling. Out of interest, uh, just for a quick, very quick comparison, Joe was a low C at mid-season. Bottas was a D. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, did they ever compare Tauris very quickly? Yuki was a B. Ricardo was a B and has dropped. DeFries was a D. We said that, and obviously Lawson wasn't around, so he wasn't on the board. That feels fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, and then last team, bottom of the pile, 10th place, Haas. Lost two places on the season before. Um, qualifying gap was just shy of three tenths in Hulkenberg's favour. Um, no one was surprised to know that Hulkenberg won the qualifying battle 19 <laughs> to 9. Uh, slightly closer in races, <clears throat> 13 to 9. Um, Hulkenberg scored a handful more points. But all in all, I mean... Every single race when we talked about Haas, it was to say one of them qualified well and then they just fell backwards down the order. Yeah. And it was just yeah. that the, for every the typical single race. form. D for everyone, to be honest. I think like... Ooh, that feels Haas so are, def- Haas are definitely a, in a D. They've had a rubbish car that they've struggled to sort of do anything with. They have fallen back through... I guess it's one of those cars that they've just not been able to get the most out of because the car just doesn't have it to give. It so, work. you know, has... Let's let's look at it this way. Has um, Magnussen had a better season than Perez? No. Has Hulkenberg had a better season than Perez? No. Mm. Have they had have they had better seasons than any of the drivers in D? Yes, probably. I think maybe. I, I think um, Magnussen's been really disappointing this year. By the standards that he's kind of set for himself, I think Magnussen's been disappointing. I would probably. Bottom of C, I think, for Magnussen. Even behind the Alpha drivers, I think that's he's around them. Sandwiching. Hulkenberg actually, I think, has been pretty good this year. His qualifying has been unbelievable. The positions he's dragged that car into in qualifying has been great. He's just like it's so hard to tell because that car just can't do a race at any kind of speed because it just can't look after its tires properly. So it's really hard to tell exactly. I do think Hulkenberg has driven well, certainly better than I expected him to. Those quality kind of performances combat. have been good. Like he's carried on that ability from the season before, hasn't he? Um, Maybe we put him high has... C, high C above Ricardo. I mean, for for context, I'll I'll give you some context. So at mid season, we had Mag- uh, we had Hulkenberg in B, sandwiched between Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo. So I think he either wants to be the bottom of B behind Yuki or the top of C in front of Danny Rick. That that still feels right to basically be between those two. I'm more inclined to keep him as a B because I think that the quality performances that he's put in have have shown those glimmers of. Hulkenberg's, you know, like potential that we know from from the we many years that he's been yeah. around in the sport and and why a team like Haas went back to him as a driver that's been in and out of the sport a while to give him a permanent seat because 
he's shown on multiple occasions. He can do similar to what Lawson did and get air dropped in and get performances. So I think he's yeah. shown he's still got that caliber of talent and the car's race pace has just let him down. I think what he probably needs to do going forward is show that he can help them develop that car. That's maybe what's missing at the minute. Yeah. But or just get a or just get a better get a better car. <laughs> go to a better team. Yeah. Oh yeah, put him in a better car. It's easy. Just yeah. go to a better team. I think I think lowest of the bees is fair for Hulkenberg given his quality okay. things. But I mean, I think Chris has got designing votes. You want him like mid to high C's and I want him <laughs> low B. <laughs> Looking at the other drivers around him, I think Hulkenberg has done more things of note that have impressed me given the situation he's in yeah. than Ricardo or Perez actually. Like that's that's I think that's fair enough. I think it's difficult because we spent the entire season just having Max Verstappen smashed into our faces <laughs> every single race and not really much talk or coverage of much else. So, yeah, I think, I think you know, it's hard to keep track of, like, some of these lower drivers. But if you guys, I trust your judgment. If you think <laughs> Hulkenberg, then I, I, I'll, I'll trust you to put him there because this really Thanks. matters. <laughs> this does matter. But that's it. That is all of the many teams and drivers this season. Um, if you want to have a look at our tier maker and make your own, um, as I say, we'll put the link in there and you can um, go and have a play yourself. Please do send over the ones you've made. be interested to see how yours uh, differ from ours. Um, there was a little bit of inbox sent in this week, but I think given how long this has been, we'll maybe save that for, uh, for next time. We'll bundle yeah. it all together because obviously at this point in the season, Nothing is particularly timely because there's not a lot going on in the world of F1. Um, but yeah, that'll probably do us for this week. So we will be back over the next few weeks with other stuff. Um, there'll probably be a Christmas quiz as we normally do coming up. Uh, we might do a few other season review bits and bobs. There's a couple of other ideas in the pipeline. And I'm sure before we know it, we'll start having livery launches and all of that business. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> I love livery launch season. That's like one. No, of I do. That's like the best the bit. I mean, that was the best bit of last season. So that's <laughs> the best bit of this season. Um, right, as ever, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever that's called. All of those things. Um, you can also go to backthegrid.com where there's a contact form, and you can check on your finish, finishing position in the fantasy leagues and all that stuff if you haven't done that already. Um, if you want to find out how to uh, join the Discord and talk about plug sockets and maybe Formula One, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash back the grid to find out all about that. But I think that is about it for this week. So as ever, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.